First John chapter five, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever, we ask, we know that we have petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother in a sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin and there is not and there is sin not unto death. Precious Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your giving of understanding. And we ask that you be with us this morning, Father God, as we try to understand what you're saying to us, Father God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Verse 14. Just a and you look at it, you might hey, I don't see a whole lot in there, but I think you guys know me well now, and I think you guys see what I see. Next month we'll start, damn, maybe December we'll start the Christmas songs. Remember that one Christmas song I really like, do you see what I see? You know, do you see what I see? I think some of y'all see what I see, because we, we study like this. And I think this is what's unique about having a pastor. You're having your own pastor because you get to know how he preaches and how he teaches and where he may go with a subject. So if I was to ask you guys where you think I'm at today, I think some of you would know. Because the way this verse 14 reveals itself. Let me read it real slow. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, that word confidence is trust, okay? Belief, having a, having a certainty about something, okay? Some people may call it self-confident, and we ought to be confident. And I think the writer of John is saying, when we pray, when we pray, we ought to pray with confidence, but if we was honest with ourselves, a lot of folks, a lot of Christians can't pray with confidence or don't pray with confidence, and we need to know why, because that's important. Amen. You know, I, I think it's good that, that somebody will say, Pastor, pray for me, or Pastor, pray for my cousin, or Pastor, pray for my loved ones, or Pastor, pray, because I hear that a lot. But as believers, we ought to have that confidence. We ought to have that confidence. We, ought, we, we might want to say, Pastor, pray with me as I pray for my loved ones. How about that? Okay. Hopefully after today, after we go through this text, you'll have that. You'll have that. And, and if you don't have it now, hopefully we'll say, well, you know what? I have it now. I understand how I need to approach God and what is required of me as a Christian to approach God with prayer because I need my prayers answered. Amen. I need my prayers answered. I, I got a prayer answer yesterday. I told you when I was at Ray's wedding and I was doing the doing the service and performing the, what do you call that when you do the, the wedding vows? I, 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 I felt God saying, you know, I've answered that prayer because you said you wanted him 
safe and 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 now answers that because I believe that he is safe. Okay, I believe he is safe. And I've always been, now I've, I've always said, listen, I tell my buddies at work, and I've had a lot of my friends that have known me over the years that spend a lot of time with me, they get married. Okay? Because I'm not that kind of guy to run around, you know, oh, my old lady, my wifey. No, marriage is wonderful. And I, and, I, and, I, and I rave and brag about being married. I brag about being married and the benefits of being married. I, I know God has blessed me and my marriage. Okay? Okay? And I will challenge anybody that's my old lady. No, I've never called Cindy my old lady. I've never called her wifey. I've called her my wife. Okay. And, and Ray has watched over the years. He's been with us. 20 years, he's been with us. He's seen me love her. Okay. And care for her and take care of her. So he, I, I, believe, I believe his wife got a good husband. Okay. I do. Because he's seen it. He won't have no excuse. Amen. Okay. He won't have an excuse. So, so, and this is the confidence. Let me get to, let me get to this because I got a lot. And that was, that wasn't in my notes. And this is the confidence that we have in him. In him. In him. Amen. Okay. And, and, and what kind of, what, what kind of person, what kind of Christian would say, I have a God that I don't have any confidence in. Okay. What can our God do? See y'all, you see when y'all pull me into this stuff on Sunday, Sunday's going to pull some of my sermon out. But what, what can't our God do? Amen. Think about that. What can he do? Can't do, he, he can't lie. How about that? Amen. But there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Okay? Amen. Now, if you don't believe that, if you sitting here or listening on Facebook or going to listen to the sermon later on on Sermon Audio, and if you believe that you're a Christian, but your God is incapable of handling your every need, you, you need a new God. Amen. Okay? Or you need to reevaluate and examine yourself and make sure that you in the faith. Make sure that you're where you need to be. Because this God I serve can do anything Amen. but fail. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of God. So, and this is the confidence that we have in him. The trust, the, the trust and the certainty. Okay? That, if we ask anything, anything. That's right. How about that? I can ask God anything. Now, I'm not going to be foolish. This don't mean be foolish. I'm not going to say, you know what? I want the Browns to go undefeated and go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. See, we're not talking about that. See, 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 a lot of folks get nonsense. And I'm not saying that's nonsense because I believe one day they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But that wouldn't be something I pray for. Okay? You know, you know, some, some, you ever heard somebody say, oh, I just wish this. And, and, and I'm quick. Cindy said it the other day. She said something about she wished. You know, she was like, I wish you just leave me alone. I think that's what she said. She said, I wish you'd just leave me alone. And she wasn't, we, wasn't, we wasn't going at it. She was just, I was just probably feeling on her or something. <laughs> so, so, I said, Cindy, if you had one wish, is that what you would wish for? She started laughing. No. Feel me more. No. <laughs> 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 
she in here, so I, you know. Okay, so, so I'm just, yeah, I just try to explain to y'all the, the text in a way. See, I, you know, I, I talk to guys. I, I say, y'all, you know, I talk to guys. You know, I've been arguing with the Calvinists all weekend. And I say, y'all's too deep. I say, see, y'all so deep. Folk can't understand y'all. Y'all not real. See? And so, so you know, y'all want to sit here and hit them with, you know, I can sit here and talk about hermeneutics. Anybody here know what hermeneutics is? Okay, see? They are, you know, hermeneutics and, you know, the, the, I'm saying y'all too deep. I pastor real people. Okay? And I got to preach in a way where they can understand and get something out of it. I'm wasting my time. Okay? And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. I think according to his will is the, is the key, right? Amen. Is the key according to his will. Okay? So if I'm going to explain this verse and I'm going to preach this text to in a way that I want you guys' prayer lives to be strong and powerful because I want y'all praying for me. So what pastor would not want his people to really understand what the will of God is because y'all praying for me. I don't have a lot of people that I'm praying for me. I don't want a whole lot of people praying for me. You shouldn't have everybody praying for you. Okay? Amen. Yeah, because every you no know why? Because everybody praying for you ain't praying right. Everybody praying for you are not praying for you according to His will. Okay, that's just real. Okay, so we need to know what His will is because we want to have confidence when we pray. Now, I see. See, I might not be able to get to the hospital. But my prayers could get there. Amen. Okay. Amen. When Ann called me and said her family was in the hospital, they've been in a car accident. I didn't have to suit up and say, I'm on my way to the hospital because if, if, if I don't get there, me getting there don't mean nothing. But guess what? My prayers don't stop at red lights. Okay. And my prayers, my, see, my prayers don't stop. Uh, stop signs and red lights and trains and all that kind of stuff. They just get there. Amen. The Bible says in, in James 5 and 16, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. Amen. I mean, they can do some stuff. Okay? Right. Prayers ain't got to wait in line. They ain't got to check in with the security guard. I ain't got, they ain't got to wear a mask. They just show up. Amen. Y'all better get that. God, a pastor didn't come. Pastor didn't come. Listen. <laughs> the pastor showing up don't really mean a whole lot. Okay? He can show up drunk. Okay? Sometimes you might not want your pastor showing up at 2 o'clock on a Saturday night. Beating tore up all the cars in downtown Warren. <laughs> okay? So, so let's stop. And this is the confidence. You know, a lot of, a lot of Christians drinking wine these days. See? See, I, I, I like the needle people. We, didn't, we got to where we go into the wineries. And, and it's okay. So they say. But see, back when, 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 when the Bible was taught the Bible, okay, we called them wine heads, didn't we, Margaret? Wine heads. Okay. And, you know, I used to, MD 2020. What, we used to mix that with orange juice and throw up. Throw up. What was that other one they used to drink? I forget there was another one. I forget. I, wild Irish rose and orange juice. Throw up. I ain't never been a drinker. Ripple too. 
You used to drink Ripple? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Let's keep, watch this verse. Because I want y'all to know what the will of God is. When, when we go into the fellowship hall for dinner, I'm a, I'm, that's going to be the question. What is the will of God? Amen. That's going to be the question of the day. The question of the day. What is the will of God? Because we need to know what the will of God is. Because the writer is saying here, John, he said, for this is the will of God. He says, and, 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 and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us, and I want to be heard. Amen. I want to be heard. I want to be heard when I go on my knees and I get in my prayer closet and somebody call me and say, brother, will you pray for me? I am going through. My loved one got COVID, and, and I'm, I'm going through. My loved one is dying of cancer. I'm going through. Can you, I, want to be, I want to be able to say with confidence, I'm praying for you. Okay? I'm praying for you. All right? So what is the will of God? What is the will of God? Let, let, me give you, let me give you this. The will of God is, is not that we imitate the world. Okay? The will of God is not that we fit in with the world. See, this, see, 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 see a, lot of, a lot of folks ain't hearing this stuff. Because this is just the word of God. We, not, we ought not fit in. Okay? We ought not be doing what the world do. Okay? Somebody say, put a scripture on that, Pastor. Because, well, I shouldn't have to. But I am. Okay? Watch. Here, 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 Paul's showing up at Rome. He's showing up at Rome. So obviously, obviously, he's seen some stuff going on with the people of God that troubled him because Paul wrote this. And Paul didn't care. He knew he was getting his head cut off. See, when you, when you know your God, and what we say this morning, when you're going to stand for truth, it don't matter what's coming at you. You got to stand for truth. Folk ain't going to like you all the time. If you in this, if you become a Christian, you think you, everybody going to like you, there's a problem. Amen. Okay? You ain't going to be Mr. or Mrs. Congeniality. You're not going to win the homecoming queen. You're not going to be Mr. this or Mr. that if you really a man of God or a woman of God. Okay? Paul says when he's seen what was going on in Rome, he said, be not conformed, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world. Huh? No. Be not conformed to this world. Don't be like this world. Don't imitate this world. Don't do what the world do because if you do what the world do, you're going to go where the world going. Okay? You're going to go where the world going. See? All roads don't lead to heaven. Amen. They're not a hundred. Don't let nobody tell you there's a hundred ways to get to heaven. Don't let nobody tell you Jesus is not the only way because the word of God said Jesus is the way. Amen. He Amen. said, I am the way. Okay. He says, be not conformed to this world. Let's remember, imagine having to tell the church this. He's telling the church this. Lukewarm church. Church of Laodicea. He said, but be ye Transformed. Amen. Here you go. Be you transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, you know what? I need my mind renewed. Okay? Amen. People call me, my nieces call me and say, you know, Uncle Keith, Uncle Keith, I, I need I need I need a good mechanic because something happened to my car and something happened to my car, okay? They need that car fixed. They need that car 
transformed from not working to working. Some of us need our minds transferred, transformed from not working to working. You know, because the world, see, the world can influence our minds. Okay, and then when you really take an evaluation and say, you know what, I need my mind transformed. Amen. Okay, watch what it says. But be ye transformed. That's not a suggestion. Okay, that's a command. Paul is giving out a command to the believers, yet you need your mind transformed. How? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. That ye may prove what is good and acceptable. Here we go. And perfect will of God. Will of God in there. Three things. Three things go into you having your mind transformed. Okay? You want it, you want to prove what is good. Okay? God is good. And a transformed mind is going to walk in a way that lets everybody know God is good. Look how good he's been to me. Okay? Not only is he good and acceptable. Okay? Acceptable. It's not something just for certain people. God is good to all that believe in him in faith. He's good. And he's acceptable. Okay? He's not rejecting you. If you come to the Lord, he's going he's to reach down and embrace you. We don't have that kind of God. You're not going to cry out to God and say, God, you know what? I want, my, I want my mind renewed. I want to walk in faith. I want to be a stronger brother or sister in Christ. I want to be more faithful. You, what's God going to say? He's acceptable. Okay? He wants us strong and faithful. And he wants us perfect. How about that? Perfect. Now, that's a, that's a big word. This word needs to be explained. Okay? Okay? Perfect. What does it mean to be perfect? That, mean, that means to have all the things that you need to be a woman of God or a man of God. It don't, it don't mean that you running around here thinking you miss 500. We used to say that back in the day. Okay, miss 500. You, you think you, you know, you, you untouchable. No, that means you perfect. Okay, free from defect and stain. You know, you 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 perfect in the will of God. You perfect in because God has came into your life and touched it. Okay, you understand that God's grace and mercy and love, and you have all those graces working in your life. Because when you do that, you can deal with some stuff. Okay, you can deal with some stuff. You can deal with some stuff. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? Here, here's, here's, here's some verses that we don't like. My, while we on Romans 12, 12 and 2, took me here to 2 Corinthians 6, 14. God's will is that we be separated from the world. See, see this kind of stuff needs to be explained. What are you talking about, Pastor? How are we going to reach the world if we separated from the world? Okay. When I tell you separated from the world, the Bible is saying we ought not be in a relationship with the world. A relationship with the world is different from being in acquaintance with the world. When I go to work, when I go to work, I'm dealing with folks that don't, don't, don't love the Lord and don't care about the things of God. But 
I'm able to talk to them and speak to them and pray for them. They don't have a problem with that. But I'm not going to go out drinking with them and I'm not going to go out and do the things that they do. But I still go elbow to elbow with them. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14. See, and we, get a, we get a little juice of this. Like I say, I'm not going gonna, I'm gonna to get as much as I can, but I want you to understand what the will of God is. Okay. Paul, he went from Rome. Now he's at the church of Corinth. Wherever, wherever Paul went, see, he, he, he stirred it up. So we don't have preachers today. They don't want to stir it up. They want, they want to smooth it out. See, it's the difference between stirring something up and smoothing out. See, before you, could, before you can put the icing on the cake, you got to stir it up. Okay, and we don't want to stir up nobody because we 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 don't we don't want nobody not to like us. Paul says this. He said, "Be be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers." Huh? That, is that a suggestion? That's a command to the people of God. That's not a suggestion. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yoked together, that, mean, that don't mean you, 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 you can't be in the same room with them. Yoked together means you, 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 there's a yoke and there's two oxen in that yoke and you yoke together with somebody. Meaning you're going to be walking the same way as that person that you yoke with. They're not going to put two, two animals that don't like each other can't be yoked together because they're not going to get no work done. Because one's going to pull to the right, one's going to pull to the left. Okay, so when Paul said, be, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, he might have been talking to farmers. Okay, he says, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteous? Okay, you know, you, you, see, I have passing relationships with unrighteous folks. They talk to me for a little bit. And then they be done because sooner or later we're going to take one in. You know, I don't want to hear about that Jesus. You know, I don't want to hear about God. I don't want to hear about the Bible because sooner or later I'm going to support something I say with a scripture. And unrighteous folks don't want to hear no scriptures. Okay, so you start talking Bible to unsaved folks. They like, right, listen, that's enough. Okay, it's nice talking to you. Have a good day. Keep your Bible. Okay, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteous? With righteousness with unrighteousness. What are you going to talk about? This is what I, what are you going to talk about? And what communion have light with darkness? None. Amen. None. Because when light show up, what happens to the room? Darkness gone. See? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. For you are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, capital G, and they shall be my people. Push it. Push it, Paul. Wherefore, come out from among them. That's not a suggestion either. Nope. That wherefore is there based on what he said previously in verses 14, 15, and 16. He said, wherefore, come out from among them, child of God, and be ye separate. Separate from them. Remember when he was little? Parents used to say, you know, you don't fool with them, them bad kids over there. You don't, I don't want you hanging out with them. Okay? That's how it was. They wanted to separate us. Okay? Same with segregation back in the South. You know, they, hey, they're in segregated schools. You don't want to stay away from them. You don't want, we don't want the blacks with the kids in the same room with the whites. It's called separate. 
And a lot of them would have been Christians. And a lot of people say, well, you know, the, the slave owners were Christian. Now they, got, they had it wrong. They had it wrong. Don't, don't, don't let your faith be determined by people who taught the Bible wrong. Okay? Some folks say, well, you know, the reason I don't come to church because slave owners were, were Christian. They called themselves Christian. Listen. No, they didn't. They was jacked up. Okay? Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. Say the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. That's, that's, that's God. That's God's will. So when we, when we pray for praying for somebody, you ever had somebody praying for you and you know they worldly, you know they cussing and drinking and smoking and, and living like a fool and you say, and they say, I'm going to pray for you. How that sound to you? Seriously. How does that sound to you? If you say, girl, I need all the prayer I can get, and you messed up as them. That's just real. Somebody you know who don't go to church, don't read the Bible, they, and they quick to tell you, I'm going to pray for you. Where are them prayers going? You know, you know ain't nothing worse than, than buying a pack of firecrackers and, and lighting them up and think you got somebody, and then it's just dud. That's the prayers. Of someone praying for you that don't care nothing about the things of God. And you ask, I'm praying for you, bro. Keep that. Keep that. Say that. Okay. Tell them folks at Southern Tavern. Southern Tavern. Tell them folks at Sosos that you leaving after, you know. But never, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Let me. Talk about this will of God. Christ died for you. Christ died for you. You know what Christ died for you? You ever had any, see, see these questions come up? And somebody say, why did Christ die for you? You know why he died for you? Because he loved you, yeah. But he died for you to separate you from evil. Because if you die in your evilness, and I don't know if that's word, that's not good. Okay? If you die in your sin, you got hell to pay. Amen. God knew that, and God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son so you would not have to die in your sins. Okay? So Paul right into the Galatians, and here we go. Here we go. They got a question. They asking Paul, you know, why should we serve God? Okay? What is the point? And here's what Paul says to, to Galatians. Now, this is chapter one. So they, I mean, he didn't hardly get his foot in the door. Somebody came and started talking to him like this. And Paul wrote in Galatians 1 and 4, he said, here's, here's what God done. He gave himself for our sins. Galatians 1, 4. Who gave himself for our sins. Okay? So that's another, that's another way of saying God and Jesus is the same. Okay, because he gave himself for our sins. Now the question comes up in the second part of the verse. Why? Why did God give himself for our sins? You got to know this stuff. And I know I sound like a broken record. And I'm proud to sound like a broken record because I'm going to keep repeating this stuff all the way to, to glory. Okay. He gave himself for our sins. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil world. 
Somebody say, well, why don't people come to the Lord? Because they don't want to. Okay? And I ain't sitting here begging nobody. Okay? I'm going to preach the word and I don't care. Because if folk come, they come. If they don't, they don't. It's that. God didn't tell me to drag somebody to church. He said, sow seed. Make sure you sow good seed. Okay? I don't know why people don't want there was 30 plus years in my life I didn't want nothing to do with Christianity. Okay? So I'm not judging anybody. God gave me faith to believe. Somebody preached, preached and confronted me and that was it. Watch this though. Watch this. I'll hold the whole verse in context. I'm going to keep moving. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Here we go. According to the will of God and our Father. Here we go. According to his will. So we praying in God's will. When we praying in God's will, we really have to understand what his will is. And his will is also that we be delivered from this present evil world. So a person praying to you and saying, I'm going to pray for you, brother. And you dying. And you know this dude don't care nothing about the things of God. See, it could become just a little a word. You know, like you see somebody, you you know, you you going to your office or whatever, you walking in the Aldi's or wherever you shop, and you see somebody that you that you recognize, and you say, "How you doing?" And you just keep on going because you really don't care how they doing. It's not even a question. You're not gonna stop and say, "Tell me about it." If they was if they were to say, "Listen, I'm gonna tell you how I'm doing," you'd be already in the, over there getting milk out of the freezer because you could really care less how they doing. It's just something that you say. Okay, how you doing today? And gone. Wait a minute, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Here's how I'm doing. I might not be able to pay for these groceries in this bucket, but you already gone. You don't care how they're doing. You just saying it. And that's how people are. I'm gonna pray for you. Hey, you know, the time you get in the car, you ain't thought about that person no more. Mm-mm-mm. Paul understood fully what God did for him. And see, this is what this is what changes the game. This is a game changer. Paul knew exactly what God had done for him because he was lost just like us. Amen. Okay. He was messed up. Matter of fact, remember what you say, Paul called himself chief sinner. So he was above. He, he, Paul was saying nobody sinned like I did. Okay? Nobody. But Paul understood something that we need to understand. Okay? In 1 Timothy 1, Paul, Paul is giving his testimony again. He, he's constantly giving his testimony. You hear me constantly give my testimony. Most of y'all know my testimony. You know, y'all know how I got saved. Y'all know where I was at when I got saved. Y'all know how I was living when God saved me. And I'll never forget it because it was a life-changing day. And I talk to people, you don't, you don't remember when you got saved? That's problematic. That's problematic. You don't remember the greatest day of your life. See, the greatest day of Ray's life wasn't yesterday getting married. That, that's, that, if he said this is the greatest day of my life, I'm going to slap him. Oh my. You, don't, you haven't experienced the greatest day of your life until you get saved. So God saves you. Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Timothy 1.12. He said, who enabled me? Okay? Who, who empowered me? See, when you get saved, you get empowered. You, you tell me you say you ain't got no power. Uh, uh, 
You know, I'm saved, but I ain't got no power. I ain't got no energy. I can't even, I can't read the word of God. I fall asleep. I don't have no desire for the Bible study. I don't have no desire for prayer. I don't have no desire for Sunday school. I don't have no desire to fellowship with Christians at church. And I'm saying, get out of here. That's right. Get out of here. That don't make no sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I got more respect for a Steeler fan. I got more respect for a Browns fan or a Cowboys fan because they, they, gonna, they the, the Cowboys on and the Steelers on, the Browns on, they're going to be in front of that TV. And they know where Baker Makerville went to school. They know how long Ben Rothenberg been in the league. They know all about their team. They do. They got their jerseys and they got their hats and, you know, they got Steeler boots and phone covers and Steeler blankets and Steeler... <clears throat> And Christians, oh, I love Jesus. Don't have a Jesus hat. Don't, don't have nothing to say they Jesus. Ain't going to wear no John 3.16 shirt nowhere. I don't want anybody to see me. Okay? Get a Steelers fan. Get a Browns fan. Go to Browns. Go to the Browns game tonight. It'll be an orange, orange out. Everybody in there have on orange because they love they browns. Okay? And look at the church. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Okay? Oh, but, you know, it's COVID. And, you know, the church you might get COVID. Okay? Yeah. And you can't get COVID at Applebee's, and you can't get COVID at Sam's Club, and you see you can't get COVID at the at the Browns game or a high school football game, or you can't only can get COVID at church. It's a super spreader event. Okay, listen to Paul, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me, for He counted me, He counted me, not man. Watch this. Putting me into the ministry. What did God do? What did God do to Paul? Paul didn't put himself in the ministry. God put him in the ministry. Amen. God put him in the ministry. And everybody that God saved, he puts in the ministry. Don't tell me you, you saved and you have no ministry. And I heard you, Christine. I heard you this morning. I'm, you, you, you up. I want you to be a part of this ministry. Okay? I want everybody that's a member of this church to be part of this ministry. Find something to do. Okay? Find something to do. Let me keep going. I don't have to stay on that that long. Y'all heard me preach on Paul. Y'all know I love Paul. Listen, listen. You ever you ever see the I service Christian? Y'all, y'all ever, see these kind of words in the Bible. See, we study the Bible. I service. What's that mean? I service. You know when somebody give you I service? Okay, they they putting on a part, and you look at them. If you look at it, you think, oh, that person got it all together. But really, it's just a, it's just a facade. They, underneath all that, ain't nothing. Okay? Remember in, in, in Luke 13, Jesus passed the fig tree? We have, we have a good time with this, this, this story. Jesus passed the fig tree, you know, and, 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 the, and the leaves on the tree, beautiful. Luke 13. And the leaves on the tree was just beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful tree. And Jesus went to go to that tree to get him some lunch. 
And guess what was missing all on that fig tree in the season where there should have been figs? Nothing on the tree. And I think Jesus probably lift up a leaf here, lift up a leaf there. He was looking for something. And see, we got a lot of folks who do our service. Okay. Paul, Paul writing to the Ephesians, he, he tell them how to, be, how to be a Christian and what it looked like. He said, not with our service. Okay. Not with our service as men pleasers. Now, an our service person is a man pleaser. They want man to like him. See? He want man to accept him and a man to receive him. You know, I like him. And a, and a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, a lot of people in ministry, they, their whole idea is to get people to like them. They want people to like them. I got all these people come to church, and if I can get them all to like me, guess what? They'll give, and they'll keep coming, because they like me. Do God like you? Amen. Okay? Amen. Do God like you? I say I could care less. See, you all know me. He, he don't care. I don't care if man like me. Matter of fact, listen, this ain't the business for man to like you. Jesus said, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Jesus said, they killed all the prophets and apostles. You know? And if I, if I sign up for this and I say, I'm going to preach the same message that everybody that preached that got killed, how am I going to do that and y'all like me? How's that work? Somebody explain that to me. That's the second question number two. Y'all explain that to me at the fellowship dinner today. How can I preach the gospel that the author of it got crucified, all his followers, followers got martyred, now I'm making a million dollars a year? Toya, that's your question. You explain that to me when we get to fellowship hall. If you stick around. It's impossible. I heard. Okay. Listen. Not with our service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. The heart. See, we don't like to wear servants. We're so sensitive. Well, that servant word, it really, it really means slaves. Okay? And when you get saved, you become a slave to Christ. Okay? When we want to say, we was a slave to Satan. We listen. I don't know about y'all. Y'all must have not been good sinners. Oh. <laughs> I was a good sinner. Okay. <laughs> I served Satan well. Okay. And 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 I'd have been doing the same thing for Satan. I've been preaching and everything because I was a good sinner. I just I don't do nothing halfway. If I'm a sin, I'm a sin, big time. Ain't no use half stepping sinning. <sighs> okay. So, so when I was when I was serving Satan, I served him with everything I had. I used to I used to dress this just apart, man, back in the day. You don't remember full length leather coats. I don't even wear them no more. When I met Sydney, I had a full length leather coat. Let me leave Sydney alone. She just stepped back in here. I can't let it all loose. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, when we became Christian, we became servants of Christ. That means whatever God asks us to do. Okay? When God said, you know what, I need you to be a preacher. I, what was I supposed to say? You see what I'm saying? That made no sense. I couldn't say no. 
I couldn't sit here and say, well, you know what, God, I don't, I don't think I'm good for that. I don't think I'm qualified for that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if, I, if I'm going to be faithful enough. I, don't, I got other things to do. Sunday, Sunday, that's the day we golf. You know, that's our big golf day Sunday. Well, you, you done golfing. See, this is how a master do a sermon. See, he said, you, you, you done golfing. See, it was over with. Because when I became a servant of God, it, it, it just changed everything. You know, I, I, Sunday I like to go to the lake and fish. Fishing over with too. <laughs> Wednesday night, that's the men's league. That's the, that's the men's league at the bowling night. That's over too. You see what I'm saying? So that's what servants do. Some of y'all here, that's bingo night, Wednesday night, bingo night. That's what used to be a big bingo night, Wednesday night. See, they put the, they put the stuff you like the most on Wednesdays and Sundays. I got season tickets to the Browns game. That's over with, too. See, all that stuff changes when you become a servant of Christ. Uh, that's right. Therefore, for any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. Amen. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Let me give you this. Amen. Let me give you this. Let me give you this. This is this lesson here just went everywhere for me because I want you to un- understand what the will of God is. Because when you're praying for me, okay, when you're praying for me, I want you to. I want. I want some folks around me that know how to pray. I want. To, I want to come around me with that. You know, I don't know what to say. I'm not speaking in tongues and stuff. For this is the will of God. First, First Thessalonians 4, 3. Now this one here, this one here is interesting. Okay? Ain't popular, but interesting. Okay? For this is the will of God. First Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Even your sanctification, even your walk with God, your walk, you cannot walk with God out of the will of God. We talk about Enoch, Enoch walked with God, okay? You cannot walk with God outside of the will of God. You got to walk with God in the will of God. This is important. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain. That you crush, that you destroy and abstain, that you abstain from fornication. Whoo! I remember preaching this years ago. Preacher got on me. He said, You ain't coming here no more. He said, Uh uh-uh, uh, you ain't coming here no more preaching that. So, all these women in here fornicating, you're going you gonna to have me preaching to the wall. I'm an honest story. I, I, I didn't know. I'm just preaching God's word. See, I don't, I don't care. And the women came up to me after service. They said, that's a good message because I, I, I need to hear that. They ain't, ain't got to go in detail. Okay? Because I was out there. And I, when I can say, I wasn't playing sinning. Some of y'all was playing sinning. I wasn't playing sinning. I was fornicating as much as I could. Okay? For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. That you abstain from fornication. That's, that's the verse. Some people say, I didn't know that was in the Bible. See, this is why I say, if I go to Joel Osteen Church, they say, hey, you got a letter from Joel Osteen. Don't throw that away, Sydney. If I ever get a letter from Joel Osteen Church, because I'm going to go preach there. I'm going to be on the first flight to Texas. Okay. <laughs> Me and Jeremy. 
We going to we we got an invitation to preach in front of thirty five thousand people. I guarantee the time it's over, we like, you know, just the ushers and the maintenance people be there to clean up, clean up. Okay. Here we go. One more time. For this is the will of God. That's our test. That's our lesson today. You want to look for this servant online? Will of God. For this is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you abstain from fornication. Fornication is big in the Bible. Okay? See, see, when you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, what do you think about first? What's the first thing come to your mind? If I say Sodom and Gomorrah, what's the first thing that come to your mind? Homos. Okay? Oops. Sorry, Facebook. Sodomites. Uh, sorry, Facebook. But that's not, that's not the first thing that was going on in Sodom. See, God is a God of order. See, watch what it says. Jude 1-7. Watch y'all. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication was the first problem in Sodom, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Giving themselves over to fornication. And going after strange flesh. You got a lot of brothers on the down low. You got a lot of sisters on the down low. It ain't a brother thing. It ain't a sister thing. A lot of brothers on the down low. A lot of sisters on the down low. There's a lot of women out there like women and men. There's a lot of men out there like men and women. Okay? Because they fornicate so much. They oh, this is getting boring. I need to go after some strange flesh. Okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is a dog class. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, known for homosexuality, but Jew who was an eyewitness, he says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange, going after strange flesh, are set for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay. So, so Paul writing, now watch this. I'm just going to give you a few because I, I know I'm running. I know I'm running. Watch. Colossians 3, 5. Mortify, crush, shame, destroy. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Here we go. Your members that are upon the earth. Members that are not church members. Here you go. Here's the members. Fornication, number one on this. Uncleanness. Inordinate. Affections. See, fornication is heading the list. Uncleanness. That's that's not good. Inordinate affection means your affections are not ordinary. The ordinary affection is for a man to be attracted to a woman and a woman to be attracted to a man. And inordinate affection means kids, animals. Okay? Everything out of the ordinary. Evil concupiscence, meaning just bizarre type stuff, and covetousness, which is idolatry. First Corinthians six eighteen. Watch what it says: flee fornication. Okay. See, see, we talking about the will of God. Okay. And the will of God is that we live holy lives because a fornicator. Ain't be praying for me. I want. I don't want to be sitting there thinking. I want. I want to get out of this hospital and somebody come to that church, come to that hospital. I know it's a fornicator. Come on, I'm gonna pray for you. 
he, he or she might pray me into hell. Okay? Come up here, fornicate. Come up here with your girlfriend. Well, not your girlfriend, but my friend. Okay? We don't call them girlfriends. We got friends. So we, we, you know, we get so many of them. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to misname one. It's my friend. Partner. It's my friend. I, that, that's the main one. Hello, Uncle Keith. This is my friend. I, you know, no, that's your buddy you fornicating with, okay? <laughs> See, we don't mess everything up. We don't we want to smooth it all over. Listen, listen, you know. You, you, they come over here. Really, they all, what they really saying to someone who like think like me? Oh, yeah, we doing stuff. We doing married people stuff, not married. Okay. Look at look at Revelation two twenty one. Watch this. I'm gonna get off fornication because it's just too much, too much for me. But here's 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 how here's how strong it is. Don't think you can just walk away from it on your own strength. You need God deliver me from this. Okay. Because God, God was dealing with Jezebel. Remember Jezebel? And Jezebel was just teaching everybody to fornicate. She was in the church teaching everybody to fornicate. And God in his mercy, God in his grace, in 221 of Revelation, said, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication. Okay? And she repented not. She repented not. She repented not. One more. Come on. Come on. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. You know, thankfulness. It's God's will that we be thankful. Think about that. And then some of you think, well, you don't, no, no. It's God's will that we be thankful in everything. Okay? I got a special needs baby down there. She's a special needs baby. She's born one pound, 10 ounces. And you know what? I sit here and watch other kids and go out, other kids running around her age, jumping all over. And, and she, she's special. She's special. She's a special needs child. Okay? And guess what? I don't sit back and say, well, you know what? I wish she was like this one. I wish she could run around like the rest of them. I wish she was talking already. I wish she wasn't special. No. I'm thankful for her. Amen. I'm amen. thankful for her. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for her that Karina didn't decide. Because they asked her, you know, this guy, this child going to be special. You, you, can, you can get rid of it. You can have an abortion. You don't have to keep it. And, 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 and she knew me. I'm keeping this. My baby. Okay? It's my baby. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Hi, Maya. <laughs> okay, that's my baby. Hi. And I'm thankful. You know, and you know what? And there was a time where I might not have been thankful. I want you, you ain't born thankful. Don't sit here and sit here and think you born. So I can look at Jeremy. I can look at Dick and Jeremy. And I, can get, I get the answer I want. We weren't born thankful, Jeremy. There was a time we appreciate stuff. Okay? But 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 Paul writing to the first Thessalonians in 518 said, in everything. In everything. What's everything mean? See, this this Bible ain't that deep. See, I can get I can get in a conversation with the Calvinist folks, and they can make they can make it listen, it ain't that deep, man. He said, be thankful in everything. How's that? 
Okay, don't, don't mean anything else. He says, in everything, give thanks. He says, in everything, give thanks. See, remember that, I'm, I'm closing with this. There's a story. Now, I've shared this before, but I'm a broken record, so I don't, I really don't, I'm, I'm a broken record, and y'all, and y'all need to hear this again. Okay? In Psalm 34, here's David, greatest king on earth. God's greatest king, the greatest king of all Israel. Psalm 34, one, y'all know this, y'all, even, y'all know this better than I do. One of Deacon Nell's favorite Psalms. Okay? So, so, so here is David, ran out of the kingdom. And now he's, in, he's, he's before Abimelech, the wicked king, and, 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 and now he's acting like a retard. Uh-oh, sorry, Facebook. He's acting like a crazy person. He's dribbling, swabbing, he's going to grow a beard, and he wants pity. He wants pity from, from, from these foreigners, but they won't recognize him as David and kill him. Okay? Okay? So he acted a part. Because he don't believe God's going to protect him in a foreign land. He had doubts. He had doubts. But God called him out. God called him out and God saved him. And David knew, David knew he was wrong. And he wrote this song. He wrote this song. And you need to have this one in your storehouse. Because you're going to run into some time where you might think, question God, able to save you and to keep you and to provide where you might be going through a rough time. God is faithful. God is faithful. Okay? So David wrote here. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He said, I learned my lesson. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then he goes, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Here we go. Let us exalt his name forever or together. Amen. Amen. Listen, what is the will of God? Sum it all up. One verse. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God.